You are tuned in to Ben Hop's Community Corner. We are going live right now on ExcitementRadio.com. So if you buy your phone or if you are like on your cell phone or something, all you got to do is put Excitement Radio on your phone. It will pop up. You can see the live video. We're streaming live now. You can listen to us. If you have Alexa, if you have Siri, any, any smart device at your house, just say Excitement Radio and we'll pop up in your living room. So we'll be there so you can hear us. So we are here live today and I have a special guest on today's show. So let me make sure I give her a proper introduction. I have Valika Brown, CEO and founder of E-Roadmap Corporation. And this is a nonprofit corporation, and they are doing some wonderful things in the community, in their area. So we're going to talk to them. I'm going to talk to her about it, and we're going to learn more about it. So round of applause. How you doing? I'm awesome. Ms. Brown, how you doing? Great. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. How you doing? Everything good? Everything is good. Oh, man. I, I appreciate you finding time in your schedule to come out here. To, um, you know, hang out with me and, and talk about, you know, what's going on. I got word of, of what you're doing. I'll say, you know what? I like to talk to her and so we could talk more about it. Because I think what you're doing is great. And I, and I hear you got more than one thing right. going on. Right. So where do we begin? I don't know. Where do we begin? You tell me. <laughs> it depends on what you like most. Do you like so, to plant? Do you like to teach entrepreneurship? I, I like it all. Okay. I like it all. Okay. What, what got you into... Even starting the corporation. So it's interesting. Uh -huh. E-Roadmap stands for uh -huh. entrepreneurship is the roadmap to success. Because okay. I've been an entrepreneur for over 25 years. Uh -huh. And I remember just being really fortunate to have some amazing mentors uh -huh. and read great books and learn about these philosophies. Uh -huh. And as it was changing my life, I really had that moment. And I said, you know what? Our kids need to hear about these philosophies mm. and, and, and I have to be the one to teach them. So okay. I started E-Roadmap to teach young black kids, marginalized kids about entrepreneurship and how to win. Awesome. Do you have kids yourself? No, okay. I don't, but my family's so close, you think I would. There you go. Okay, <laughs> so definitely it was a, a need for the kids. What happened after that, like when you started that? So I was still working as an entrepreneur and building uh -huh. my business. And so I put together the nonprofit on paper, just really put the ideas together, okay. about 100 type pages, just really getting it out mm -hmm. as to what I wanted to express, what I thought could help. And I was in Maryland at that time. I'm from Virginia, so I've been okay. here in Florida almost eight years. Oh, okay. In, so you used April. to hot weather then, right? No. Okay. You know, I'm not, I'm not used to this hot weather. And I tell you, D.C. traffic is tough, but Miami traffic <laughs> is tough too. Yes, it is. But I moved here, uh -huh. and I just decided to go full-time within the nonprofit okay. at that point. And, of course, the first thing you have to do is meet with organizations, assess right. the needs of the kids. And mm -hmm. I wanted to know what the kids needed to learn. And I met with individuals. And basically, from that survey, they said, we need to learn more about etiquette. Okay. So now we've expanded E-Roadmap to teach entrepreneurship. So we have Shark Tank events all over Palm Beach County. We've right. done a Shark Tank event here in Liberty City. And I love Shark, Shark Tank. You're talking about my, my language now. Yeah. And for kids, you know, right. to really teach them how to launch and uh -huh. create viable businesses. So we did some events here in Miami, up in Detroit. Okay. Then we launched an Etiquette Academy because that's vital. Mm -hmm. You know, not just to teach how to hold the fork and knife, but how to have a conversation yes. with a stranger at the table. What is your posture like? How to tie a necktie? A lot of our kids 
have never owned a tie, don't mm. know how to wear a tie. Wow. And we teach financial literacy as well. Uh-huh. And we started teaching that years ago in the beginning with digital currency. And it was amazing because we mm. gifted a lot of kids some Bitcoin. So wow. if you're out there, kids... Give us a shout out. Check, if you're out, rich, check your you account. Know. You might be up there. <laughs> right. And um, then we added health and wellness because health and wellness is very important to me. And yes. in the beginning, we started just having nutritional workshops. But when COVID hit, we really expanded to the initiative Operation No Food Gap, which we'll talk a little bit more about. So what age talking about with these kids? So we work with kids and we work with the community. Okay. So in in terms of the entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. we start at middle school age okay, to high school, school okay. but really middle school to to just shape their mindset, okay. if, if you will. Okay. And etiquette as well. Mm-hmm. Now, in terms of the health and wellness, it's all ages because with our initiative Operation No Food Gap, the right. first thing we do is we take unused parcels of land. We work with cities, municipalities, organizations, and we take unused parcels of land. We work with the residents and we actually grow food in those communities. Mm. And there's one particular area that we've worked in in Riviera Beach. And within 10 months, we grew and gave out 12,000 pounds of non-GMO organic produce wow. to the residents. Is this only like in West Palm Beach? Are you focused only in West Palm Beach? No, we started. You always want to create uh-huh. that, I guess, that example, have your pilot uh-huh. program. But we are entertaining proposals now from Miami. We've gotten okay. quite a few calls from the city of Miami, Miami Gardens. Right. Um, so we will be down here probably in the next couple of months. I know in, in, in Miami, way downtown. They were they were going stuff. I forgot what street that was, but that's in the Overtown area. Okay, they were doing that. So, but that's great. They need more of that. We need more of that. We do. We, we do. Th- we need more of that. At the end of the day, uh-huh. we we need to be self sustaining. That's right. If anything, COVID taught us that the unspeakable could happen, the unimaginable uh-huh. could happen, and you could find yourself hungry. And it's not even the people who are unemployed. It's regular people who mm-hmm. are working hard every single day find themselves not being able to afford food because food is flexible. You know, people have to choose between their lights being paid, you know, or even sometimes insurance. It's like, well, I'll skim on the food. So if you can't afford the food, let's teach you how to grow the food. Right, right. It's a shame that to eat healthy is expensive. Oh, it is. And and that's another conversation that we're having now. You see it trending online. You know, even I think Cardi B said, oh, my gosh, you know, the prices are ridiculous right now. (laughs) And and it is, you know, I go I go into the store and we grow a lot. I mean, Uh we grow cabbage, we grow scallions, we grow collard greens, carrots, beets, everything. And when I go in the store and see a cantaloupe for five dollars, I'm like, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. I could go to McDonald's and, and feed my kids something for a dollar ninety nine, but but that's not healthy for them. But yet, I don't know why the government is not doing more on that. Like, why why do you feel like you're not getting more help with this? Oh, you're trying to get me. Yes. Okay. So why do I think people aren't getting you, help? Yeah, what do you think? You know, I I think that. It's clear Uh change has to happen. Uh No doubt about that. But what also needs to happen is 
people have to get in there and not be afraid to speak up. You know, when I came up with the concept Operation No Food Gap, trust mm-hmm. me, I ruffle a lot of feathers. I still do mm-hmm. because I'm able to create change in areas that government saw needed change anyway. If you know that your area is a food desert, mm-hmm. but I'm able to go in there in a year, turn it around from a food desert to a food force. And why and, haven't what do you, you? Mean, can you break that down to me? What's a food desert? So What's a food that? desert is an area where within a certain amount of square miles, you uh-huh can't get to a grocery store if you look in our marginalized communities you really don't see the nice grocery stores you see the corner stores and the challenge with that is in the corner stores they have an old banana right Uh. but they can sell the banana because they can as long as they have some type of fruit they can accept snap ebt fresh access bucks right so the fruit looks bad but the people go in there and they buy chips And they buy Twinkies and things of that sort because our people are hungry. But the idea is what if, because what we do with our initiative, what Mm -hmm. if you grow food, you provide wraparound services, educational components to teach them what the food is about, the nutritional content, Mm -hmm. teach them how to cook. Now, not only are you eating better, you're self-sustaining, you're saving money, and your health is improving. Let me ask you also, when you're growing this food, are you giving this out to the community or are they paying for it? Like, how are they, how so, are we exchanging this? So it just depends on the model that the city wants to set up. Okay. The 12,000 pounds we gave away for free. So that's up to the city. It is. Okay. It's up, it, and it's up to our partners who we work with. Okay, now, gotcha. we, our organization, we are SNAP, EBT, Fresh Access Bucks approved. And we did that intentionally. Uh-huh. So if we have some food in the area and they want to pay for it through SNAP, they could. And we could give more through the Fresh Access Bucks program. Gotcha. But it's either way. I just want to make sure we get the food out to the community. That's right. That's right. Get the food out. And who's teaching everyone how to do this, like mm-hmm. the process. Because I know my wife, she's at home. She was watching some YouTube videos because she was trying to grow her own fruit. She actually does her own lemonade, and she was doing that. So she was trying to grow some stuff like potatoes. And, but she was going through YouTube. Like, who's teaching people well, how to... YouTube is fine. It's really YouTube University. You can you, you can learn anything on YouTube. Uh-huh. So no shade, you know, with that. Right. Now, for us, we are able to form partnerships. So our top partner with Operation No Food Gap is the American Heart Association. Gotcha. So they'll come out and do workshops. We have a network of chefs. We have uh, other funders and partners who say, hey, we teach this, we teach that. And our organization, because of our relationship, gotcha. we can extend those services to the area in which we serve. There you go. See, it's making so much <laughs> sense right now. <laughs> I like that. Okay. And you mentioned the different types of vegetables. Anything else you guys are trying to add to that? Well, we're looking to just really show the model. Okay. You know, the challenge with community gardens is not that people don't want to do them. They're they're hard. I'll use the word. They're hard to maintain because everyone's excited in the beginning. But when it's out there to pull some weeds, you know, that's a whole nother ball. No, I was going to say, because first of all, don't you need like an irrigation system? And it's pricey. And everything. Yes. Yeah, so everything has to come. And then, like you said, you have to pull the weeds out. You have to maintain a garden. And then the land itself. Right. Is that somebody that's giving up the land? That's where your partnerships come into Dang play. No girl. You know, you got some good partners. <laughs> <laughs> That's where your partnerships 
Okay, so that's a lot of work. It is. It is a lot of work, uh-huh. but it's rewarding work. Right. I know for us, we've had vol- we have a very dedicated core of volunteers who come out in what at one particular site that we have every single Saturday mm-hmm. at seven thirty in the morning, and they've been coming for two years. And this is in West Palm. Mm-hmm. Riviera hey, Beach. Okay, mm-hmm. Riviera Beach. See, I'm not too familiar with the the West Palm mm-hmm. area, but when I think of West Palm, I'm thinking like mansions and. Big houses and stuff like that. So you have areas in that area, like, like you said, Riviera Beach. And and I know what you're struggling you, with. You get what I'm saying? But let me tell you, that's why I do the work that I do. Because right. I came here mm-hmm. from Maryland, and I was like you. I'm saying, oh, my gosh, Palm Beach yeah, County, Palm West Beach. Palm Beach. Just know, I mean, everyone's rich here. And then I'm looking around, uh-huh. and there really is the Great Divide. You really do okay. see the haves and the have nots. And that's why I do the work mm. that I do. Because when you have so much money floating around and yet right beside it, you have so much poverty, so many underserved communities, mm. so many areas being overlooked. If I don't get in there to do the work, who will? You know, if I don't bring attention to this, who will? If I don't say this is where your money is best used, who will? Mm. And so there are areas like that all over Florida, South Florida, and the U.S. And you'd be surprised, like you said, when you hear something like West Palm, you're thinking mansions, big houses. But yes, okay, good. Let's talk about some other the some of the other pillars that you have. Okay. I know you mentioned the entrepreneur because you kind of ran through a lot of stuff quick, and I right. want to get what make sure we talk a little more in depth about it. With the entrepreneur, I know you said that you have a, a certain age, middle school and up. What kind of feedback are you getting from the kids? When they come to this program, well, they love it. Okay, you know, and I'll share with you a story. Yes, our first program we did was in Lake Worth, Florida. Okay, which is near West Palm, so further up north. Yes, and we were called in because there was a big challenge, and the challenge was mm-hmm. that's a small little area, and they have fast food stores, and the fast food restaurants generally employ the kids. Okay, but because there was so much unemployment. There were no jobs for the kids because the parents were working at the job. So now you have an issue where there's little money, no additional money coming into the household. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. So they asked us to come in and actually teach entrepreneurship to show the kids how to create other lines of income to support their household. And we did it. And it was amazing. We created 15 new entrepreneurs under the age of 15 who literally had viable businesses by the time we stopped. Can you give us some examples of those? Oh, yeah. You know, you have kids. It was funny. You know, you have kids who know how to sew. So now they're fashion designers. And we talked to, and I remember speaking to the young lady that had that particular interest. And I said, this is how you get your contracts. These are the people. This is how you advertise. You know, so it needs to be some grassroots really type of training Uh uh for these kids. And because of my background. I trained the kids the same way I was trained. So it's not theoretical. It's, you know, really good hands-on approach to how to be an entrepreneur. Mm. Yeah. And we even had kids who wanted to start a nonprofit. I remember a guy, young guy, he said he wanted his nonprofit to be um, the happy. And so, right, the happy business. Happy what? The happy. (laughs) Just be happy. But that causes you to ask why. Okay. And, you know, he was suffering with depression. Ah, You know, and he wanted to introduce ways to other kids to be happy. When we did an entrepreneurship program uh in Detroit, Uh there was a young kid that started a nonprofit to teach chess and use chess as a solution Uh to deal with mental illness. 
because he was so frustrated in school, but he had an older gentleman that would play chess with him Mm -hmm. and it calmed him down. So he wanted to shape a business around a concept that worked for him. But again, if we don't work with our kids to take these ideas, turn them into true businesses, how can we change? Do you have any um, success stories where they're making some good money behind it yet or or is it still in the building stages? Yeah, I think they're still just playing around with it. But, okay. But Michini, she's a really good example. Uh-huh. Now, she makes good money because wow. she can actually design dresses. She even got a phone call of having one of her dresses featured in a museum because she did like this paper mache design. How old is this young lady? It's like 15. Wow, nice. Right. So it... It, they they definitely can do it. Right. No doubt about it. And when you said Shark Tank, you definitely, you know, caught my eye because that's one show I love to watch. Mm-hmm. Like I would sit there and watch all the old episodes back to back and just have it there. <laughs> just and I just love that. But but it's great to see that. It's great to see, you know, you working with the kids. And I think this is awesome because a lot of the young black youth. Because I'm black. I'm Haitian now. I mean, I may not look black, but I'm a, I'm a Haitian. So, and I'm from Brooklyn, raised in Brooklyn. Uh-oh. But you hear the story that they either want to be a football player or they want to be a rapper. And that. There's other things you can do. There are. But, right. you know, what happens is everyone says there are other things you can do. But if no one comes into to our communities right. to teach these other things that you can do, what other things can we do? You're right. That's 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 the answer to the question right there. You're right. So that's great. I'm glad that you are doing that and helping these young kids find their passion, their love and and make it into a future business. So that's awesome. So what's another another pillar that we have with the E-Roadmap Corporation? Yes. So we also run Etiquette Academies. Okay. now this is this is definitely something I could use sometime because I know my (laughs) wife be like, Hey, stop doing that at the table, but go ahead. <laughs> right, right. And and here's the deal. Uh-huh. Our kids are not always going to be with us. That's true. But our kids represent us. Uh-huh. And I talk to kids and I see them, even the kids that, you know, come in my home, you know, uh-huh. have some kids and... I stay baby, on, not baby kids. You know, right? no, okay. no, 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 no. You know, my boyfriend's kids and we love okay. them and we stay on them together. And the oldest, he doesn't mean to do it, but I get on. I'm like, why are you slurping your milk? Ah. You know, don't do that. You know, why are you not using a tissue? Do you know the difference between a tissue, a napkin and a paper towel? Do we? Let me let me say something about slurping, though. Now, when I go to movies now <laughs> and my. Frozen icy is at the bottom now, and I'm trying to get go. that last little bit. You might get a little slurp here and there, but it ain't on purpose. I'm just saying. Yeah, <laughs> now, now, and that's cool. But again, that goes to teaching mindfulness. That's right, a whole right. another category. Uh-huh. So, are we in a public venue where our actions interrupt the next person? Yes, right. you want that little bit of slurpy, and it's good, but. Is it worth disturbing everyone watching Avatar? You know what I'm saying? It's good. It's good. You know? So <laughs> things like that. Okay. Yeah. No, I agree with you 100% on that one because I think that's a lot of the little things. Even the fork, the forks and knives and the spoon placement on the table and which fork to use. <laughs> All of that. You know, and it doesn't even have to be that detail. Right. Just the idea that. Uh There is a fork here Uh and there's a knife. 
So how about other than stabbing your piece of chicken and picking it up and biting it with a fork that we put it on a plate and we use the fork and accompany it with the knife and that cut might, it. It might be some good chicken, though. Yeah, yeah. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. These are the things we see. But we have to teach our yes, kids. Yes, we have to teach our kids. We have to teach our kids because, you know, we always say, oh, they're preppy. Look at them. Look at that. But we come from kings because, and queens. Let me, but let me ask you, right, if you see a child doing that, who do you blame? You start like, ah, that's their upbringing. That's their parent, right? Wouldn't you? Well, well, let's address the word blame. Okay. We, we don't want to blame because that's a problem in our community. Okay. You know, we blame. Maybe their parents weren't educated. Okay, there so you go. If, and me, if I'm out in public and I see a child doing something, like, don't do that, you know? Okay. And and that's okay. You know, are we not our neighbors, you know, our brother's keeper, you know? Well, we we should be. We should be. I, I think now a day's times are a little difficult kind of change, but we should be. Like we say, it takes a village to raise a child. So yes, the village should be able to make corrections. Hey, don't do that. Sit right at the table. Stop doing this. Stop doing that. Absolutely. And and some of the things that we teach in the Etiquette Academy, uh-huh, uh-huh. not just the table setting, but again, like tying the necktie. Oh, man. Do you know yes. how many kids don't know how to, how many adult men don't know? Yes. And what was interesting, one of the Etiquette Academy Academies that we ran in Delray Beach, 30% of the population that attended our academy, they were homeless. Homeless kids. Homeless kids? Homeless. So, you know, we have kids that uh-huh. are fortunate enough to be in the home and then you have kids that are not in the home Mm -hmm. you know all of these kids need to be taught and what was even more interesting Mm -hmm. is that the kids said they had never they never owned a tie i had a partner of mine who has a tie company he sponsored the ties Mm -hmm. and the kids all had custom ties wow and then they Mm -hmm. went home and taught their little brother taught their little cousin this is something they're proud about and that's what we do as people anyway if we're proud about something or if there's something we know we share so let's create new habits to share eating that's true etiquette Mm -hmm. financial literacy health and wellness let's share those habits i remember when i was taught how to tie my tie right so yes and then i showed my sons how to tie now he's my last one so of course when he gets older I show him, but you're right. We have to do these little things. It's like changing a tire. Some kids, I look at it like you have to teach, you know, your your sons and daughters how to kind of take care of themselves because you know they may be stuck out there somewhere. They need to be able to, you know, survive because this world is not a pretty world. But yes, you're right. Anything else with the adequacy? Well, I'll just say to your point there. Uh huh. We even speak how to have conversations with a stranger. Mm. And that's important because if your child is stranded somewhere and they've never had to speak up and say, excuse me, or how to look someone in the eye and ask their question or finish the sentence with completion, or maybe the child is a basketball player Mm -hmm. and now they're at a banquet. But all they've been doing is playing basketball, not having courses and classes and practicing etiquette. What happens when they're at that banquet table and their boys aren't at their table Mm. or their coach or their friends who are they're familiar with are not at that table? How do you have a conversation with a stranger and still feel confident about yourself? And these are things we have to teach. Yes. Do you also talk to the kids? And this may be on a different su- subject, but let me just throw this at you. Also, when you said dealing with a stranger, 
dealing with police, like law enforcement? We touch on it. Okay. I did have a guest okay. speaker, and he was a great speaker. All he right. spent 18 years in prison. He came out and spoke about how he changed his life in prison, came okay. out. And, okay. You know, but he spoke about why he was in there for murder and how to engage with the police. Mm. And and that's something Minister Farrakhan, you know, spoke about years ago, mm-hmm. you know, how to interact with the police. And in today's day and age, you have to have that conversation with your kids. Yes, you have to. You, you have, have to. to. Right. You know, so but there are other courses specific to that. We do touch on it, but that's not. OK, the, so that's not. Yeah, that's I just not everything. Yeah. Okay, great. Is there another pillar that we're missing here? I think financial literacy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's talk. uh, Show me the money. Yeah. Yeah. And we're actually going to Uh launch back financial literacy in a big way, you know, the last quarter of 2023 going into 2024 because we don't know about money. Listen, I always said this. Why in high school they didn't teach us about how to write a check? Balance a checkbook, things like that. Right. Stuff like that. They didn't teach us that. Like buying property. Right. Why? Well, that's like when I was in school, I had Uh Latin. I don't know why. You see what I'm saying? And it was like a requirement. Right. (laughs) I'm like, why can't we even improve the electives Uh that are offered, you know, today? But with financial literacy, yes, we need to know how to write a check, how to balance a checkbook. We also need to sit down with our kids and talk about a family budget. That was an Ah, exercise that we took our kids through. Yes. And because For whatever reason, it's great that our kids look at us as superheroes Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. you know, because they come in and they flip the switch and the light comes on and things of that sort. But do they know what it takes, you know, to get that light bill paid? And so when you sit down with your child and you have a family budget, you can show, well, this is what mommy and daddy bring in or mommy or daddy or whatever's in your household. This is what we bring in. And these are the bills. But guess what? This is what you want. You know, exactly. Tony. You know, Tony, you want new PlayStation. You know, mm-hmm. Tony, you want, you know, these $300 shoes. You know, Tony, I go to work every day. Tony, what's Tony your grades too look much. like? Tony wants too much. But when we show the kids what it costs, then we can hold them accountable to doing their part. The right. parents' parts to go to work, whether you're an entrepreneur, whatever your source of income is, and the child's responsibility is to be a good child, right. whether that's going to school, making up your bed, doing some chores, whatever. But that's important. The way you broke that down, and I love it, but is that the real world that we living in? Like, I'm just asking you, your opinion. Mm-hmm. Because I know, yes, you have a lot of families out there that because they may be working more than one job, trying right. to make ends meet, a lot of times they, they may not have time to spend with the child. So a lot of times the way they, they compensate for that is they buy them expensive stuff. Like they'll buy them the Jordans. Is that something that you notice too? Well, I want to say I I commend those parents that are working two jobs. (laughs) I mean, I've worked three jobs before at one time. Uh I think we all have had that struggle, you know, when you're looking for your goals or Uh a series of things happen, you know, whether it's the car breaks down, the air conditioner goes out, and it's like you need a new refrigerator, bam, 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 and so you have to do other things. Correct. But when we talk about root causes, and that's a phrase that's, uh-huh. you know, just being tossed around in society today, but everything has a root cause. So uh-huh. sure, we it's like putting a Band-Aid on the dam. You know, is that really going to fix the issue? Right. I'm not going to tell anyone how to parent because I get it. It's, it, it feels great to give your kids nice things. Right, right. But, you know, I still think that 
if you would help the child understand how hard you work to give that child that gift, now the child's coming back with an extreme sense of appreciation, an extreme sense of compassion, and and a pre, you know really Correct. heartfelt appreciation and gratitude to and that. They understand, parent. right? Yeah. They understand. They understand yeah. that mama's working. I'm right. gonna tell you now, like I said, growing up in Brooklyn, like what Tupac said, mama made miracles every Thanksgiving. That was my mama, right? And I remember when my mom brought me my first bike. That was big, you know. Like I was like, whoa. So I can appreciate that, you know, but yeah, you're right. We need to teach, like my wife said, we need to, you know, invest in our kids, which we do. And it's not just money, it's time, educating, whatever we can do to be to be better role models for them. Do you feel like there's a lot of role models out there for the kids? I think there are, uh-huh. um, but there are a lot more who we could do without. Okay. Meaning on social media. Yeah, break every, that down to me right there. <laughs> everyone. Uh-huh is a role model on social media if you give them your attention. Yeah, especially when they say they're a public figure. I don't get that one, but that's another one. So the idea is Uh we have to be careful Uh of who our children are watching. Mm. You know, we have to censor and put these parental um, guards up on YouTube and different places like this because it starts off great, but then someone say something left and guess what? That's who your child is learning from. And by default, because we're not actively involved, that becomes your child's mentor. Yes. Now we can't control everything. Listen, I'm not here to say that is already admitted. I don't have kids. So I get that. You know, I know that my household looks different than the next who has two, three kids and two, three mm-hmm. jobs. I get that. But I just want us to also just be mindful that we do have to step in at some point. We have to step in Got at some to. point. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So more on the financial literacy. Are we talking, I know you say the basics. How how deep do we get it with that, into that with the kids? Not too, too deep. I mean, you know, we uh-huh. can't talk about acquisitions and all that with kids. You know, they may not be ready for right, it just yet. But, but I think it is healthy to paint the picture. Okay. You know, you can... You know, you can start from working a job to I I was always taught work full time on your job, part time on your passion. Right. So you start at your job, but you got a little side hustle. So Uh you have a little side hustle. You're generating some income. That income goes to fuel your business. Mm. You know, now you have your business. Now you're understanding passive lines of income, multiple Mm -hmm. lines of income. Mm -hmm. You know, now you buy some property. What are your lines of income? Could be real estate. It could be this. It could be that. It could be blah, blah, blah. You know, now you take that and you have a lifestyle. So I think it's healthy to paint the picture for the kids so they understand, like, I don't have to work a nine to five. If I find a nine to five that I really enjoy, that's great, but I don't have to work a nine to five. But we also have to reel in these kids because social media make you think that you born out the womb as an entrepreneur, but they won't teach you what it takes to be an entrepreneur, you know, so. And I was going to ask you about the social media. How do you feel like that impacts what you're doing? And I was going to ask you that. Um, I think that social media is a tool. Right. And depending on how you utilize it, it could be good for you or bad for you. Mm-hmm. I know personally, our organization underutilizes social media because we're still a small nonprofit. Mm-hmm. So we're just not utilizing it the best we should. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have a business, put yourself out there, you know, build your brand, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. In terms of kids watching social media, mm-hmm. again, I think if the kids are looking for Good content, they'll find good content. If they're looking for ratchetness, they'll find ratchetness too. I mean, mm. it's social media. They're going to find it too. Right, right. 
So I, I just I just think it's all about the conversation you have with the kids. Right. So when they get online, they have a priority of what they're looking for. Awesome. Valika Brown, Ms. Valika Brown is on point. I love it. I love it. Oh, anything that we miss um, for the organization I itself? I don't think we really missed anything. Okay. I'd like to maybe highlight Operation No Food Gap yes, a little please, bit more. Yes, please. So what makes... How I started Operation No Food Gap is because when COVID hit... It's called Food Gap? Operation No Food oh, Gap. Oh, Operation No Food Gap. And the okay. website is nofoodgap.org. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a big proponent about mm-hmm. for feeding people. Mm-hmm. And when COVID hit, everyone was getting food out. And I was being called. And right. I mean, I would drive 30, 40 miles away, pack my car up with boxes of food, drive around door to door, literally give the food out. That's what I would do. Right. Okay. And I even arranged for a food distribution of about 13,000 pounds of right. food for one particular city. Uh-huh. But the challenge with that is I started looking at the boxes and I said, you know what? This isn't healthy. People don't know what this butternut squash is. Number two, they don't have the tools to cut the darn squash. And three, they don't know how to cook it. So how is this really helping the people? You feed them a bunch of bread, a bunch of milk. Milk causes mucus. Not going to go on my health rant right now, but just letting you know. So I want That's another show. <laughs> it's a whole nother show. Yes. But, <laughs> you know, but I knew that I wanted to figure out a solution that would feed the people, empower the people and Feed them in a healthy way that wouldn't come back and bite them in the butt. So Operation No Food Gap, we launched it. We started to grow food with residents, for residents in the community, and the food stays in those communities. Mm. So we also, so we build farms, we build gardens, we have wraparound services. So we have Mm -hmm. educational workshops, cooking demos, art therapy sessions, um, yoga, tai chi, all of that on the properties in which we grow the food. And then I said, well, let's. Let's launch fresh markets. Okay. Because when we talk about a food desert, you know, you can grow the food and we were putting it out on tables, but I didn't feel like that was a lot of dignity once we harvested it, rinsed it off, put it on the tables, the residents would come and pick it up. But I just didn't think it was a lot of dignity in that. So we started building fresh markets out of container units. So essentially stores in these communities. So we were harvesting food. Now so we you, were, you would use a container unit to do that? Yeah, we've remodeled Oh, that's nice. It. Yeah, I had to send you some photos. Oh, so, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's so that's nice. part of our model. Yeah, and because we wanted to provide dignity, you know, okay. we wanted to harvest it, clean the food, and keep it cool before the residents came to pick oh, it up. Beautiful, and, wonderful. Yeah, then we were able to get a van. So we received a grant. We got a oh. van, so now we can deliver the food. Um, and now our next phase is building a hydroponics facility. So oh. we're actually in the process now of raising funds to build a hydroponics facility so we can actually grow more non-GMO organic produce and get to more residents in more cities throughout South Florida. Awesome. I love that. Wow. I got to give you a round of applause for that one right there. A round of applause on that oh, one. Oh, thank you. Right there. Hold on, let me stop my music. Get that round of applause nice and loud in there. We're about to wrap it up. But I, I just want to say that everything that you're doing is wonderful. And continue educating, continue feeding, continue helping, especially with the youth. We need more people like you, more companies like your company to get involved. Help. We need help. We need help. We need help. And just don't think... Just because it's in one area, you know, that we can't bring it to your area. So, yes, if you want to reach out, how can people reach out to you if they want to learn more, if they want to be part of your organization to help out? 
How can they do that? I think the best way, uh-huh. again, because we underutilize social media, okay, <laughs> is just to go to our website, yes. no, no food gap, F-O-O-D-G-A-P dot org. And you can send us an email. You can register to volunteer. You can say, hey, I want to be a partner. If you are an organization that says, hey, we have some funding uh-huh. and we'd like to bring you in to help this particular community, we'd be happy to talk about that as well. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for your Thank time you today. Thank you so much, Ben Hops. It was great. I enjoyed it. It was yes. worth all of the bumper-to-bumper traffic uh, to get here. I know, I know. <laughs> Hopefully you won't have that traffic going back. But <laughs> Thank you so much. Listen, y'all tune into Excitement Radio, Ben Hops Community Corner. My special guest, Valika Brown. Miss Valika Brown from E-Roadmap. Corporation, a nonprofit organization. Make sure you check it out. Go to the website, check it out. You know, if you have funding, listen, a lot of you big companies, I know y'all need that tax write off, right? Reach out to Valika, give us some money so she can take care of the community, okay? And then you can write that off, right? Right? That's big right. Companies. So do that, all right? So with that being said, we out. Keep it locked right here, excitementradio.com. Peace, we out. <laughs>